Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey everyone, Mark from Guitar Nerds here, bringing you a very special message about Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds is where you can go to get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content every week. From as little as $1, you can support Guitar Nerds in our quest to take over the guitar world and buy things like moustache wax for Branton, vegan mints for Jay Cross, and more Dan Electro pedals for Matt Knight. If you want to help us out with those things, Patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds. Go there, get extra stuff. It's really cheap, and uh, we'll love you for it. Cheers. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Jay Cross. Hello. And Joe Starch Masks Branton. <laughs> Hello. Um, you may have noticed uh, that, well, if you're, you're, not, you're not watching live, um, you are watching a recording. We're having some internet problems this evening that mean two things. We are not able to do the YouTube live stream, as promised, um, but also that Matt Knight's face is not visible uh, in the video version of this. You're just hearing him... Uh, like a, a, a ghost, disembodied a ghostly voice, voice yes. um, hanging, in. and we've also got a bit of a delay. So, if you're listening to the audio of this, that's uh, that might sound a little weird. Matt may jump in. Uh, you know, when you're watching like BBC News or something, and they try and have a conversation with someone who's in Moscow or something, um, and there's a little bit of a. You might be getting some of that. Um, but we thought rather than not have Matt on the podcast, let's have him on in his disembodied, uh, slightly yeah. delayed. Form. He loves delay, However, is what we're saying. I was going to say, this is quite good, because this means we can also now, if any of us go on holiday, we can sort of podcast without being visible. So all we really need is a laptop and a microphone. Well, and ne- an internet connection. Next time I go off to nudist camp, um, everyone <laughs> will be more happy with that result, I think. Everyone will be more happy with that result, yeah. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's a really been a really, really busy week in terms of news and stuff and things. So despite uh, the not being live, so we can't take any live questions or anything, um, and despite the fact that Matt is only appearing in as uh, in Casper form, um, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, we've done a few... Uh, done a few things um uh, why are you laughing jay i i think joe's forgotten that we are on video because he just stretched and yawned and pulled some really weird faces and i think because we're not live you sort of forgot that the camera's rolling we are are recording this this will be going up on youtube as normal that's fine that's fine i'm trying to give people in as sort of inside i think when we started doing the video we were trying to sort of like uh be aware that we were on video whereas now i'm just disregarding the fact that there's a camera here yeah no this is this I'm is just, it I'm feels doing everything like, touching like me we would normally it feels old school um in that we you know we're not taking any live questions so we're gonna give you a proper old school guitar nerds podcast this week um so thanks for joining us um obviously if you're listening to the audio version um that's super cool and if you're watching the video um apologies for no live streaming this week so uh, been a big week for a uh, a few things we went to the south of england guitar show yesterday um matt knight yeah how, what was your uh, your experience 
Um, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was so good to go to a guitar show again in the UK. Um, I, was, I think I said to um, you when we left, it's like I haven't been to a guitar show like that since one of the like big ones in the Birmingham like NEC uh, didn't we in work, like didn't 2003. We, didn't we work out that we probably went to the same guitar show in like 2002 yeah. or 2003? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it might have even been earlier than that. I mean, like, but that was the last time I went, and those kind of shows were massive. Though I suppose, in a way, like a mini Nam. But I think the kind of need for something like that sort of died out. I think with Frankfurt Music Messer becoming a, a bigger thing, I think no one really kind of bothered showing anything new, so it kind of wasn't great well, for kind of big brands. And this was just so much better for kind of smaller companies. Although there were like. Um, some brands that had a lot of products and a lot of cheaper products it was kind of a good way to show off like boutique stuff which this you just more... don't normally get to see like we saw a lot of stuff that we wouldn't normally see this was way more boutique and vintage was it, it boutique and vintage or was it just smaller oh maybe you know I th- I, and I think um, something you, you touched on there Matty about how um, things maybe are a little bit different because of shows like Frankfurt and uh and Nam. I mean, you've all, you've got that, but you've also got the fact that you know, if you're talking about a show that you went to nearly, you know, 15 years ago, things have changed a lot and yeah. information is a lot easier to, you know, we've got all the information. Everything's readily available and we know about it. You know, this week we're going to be talking about 14 pedals that were released and a few guitars, you know. Th- these were probably this sort of stuff was probably being released at the same sort of frequency this time 15 20 years ago it's just you know you had to wait until the new issue of guitarist magazine come out to yeah. tell people about it or you had to wait until you know a show to tell people about it and i think we just know a lot more nowadays and so yeah. there are you know the companies that were at this show were you know there were retailers there um you know there was uh the company that Joe works for was there but there was also some smaller independent companies and you know most of them were selling more vintagey type stuff oh there was incredible but, vintage stuff there but again I don't know whether that's down to uh, like the that's where the demand is or I don't know whether it's just you know for example the, your company you only took very expensive sort of one-off guitars yeah. you know you could have easily taken Squire Strats and stuff and you know I'm sure that if there was people in the market for a Squire Strat they might have bought one however you know you can buy those on the internet anywhere and I think that's one of the reasons why you saw some more sort of like unique things there in that it was a chance for people to show off stuff that maybe people didn't realise they were looking for. Yeah, it oh, was definitely. It was also, you know, I think, pitched at a very different audience to something like yeah. the, the guitar show that Matt and I are talking about, which was very much like a mini NAM. It was, it was also more of a trade show, as far right. as I'm aware, um, although there were public days and stuff. And yesterday, uh, the South of, England, South of England guitar show um, was definitely more aimed at like public buyers yeah. sure you know, yeah um, which the the old ones didn't used to be necessarily yeah, I mean, e- I, e- even to the point that we saw we saw someone walking around carrying a guitar yeah. with a sign that was, said this is for uh, yeah, like, I a, accept cash or PayPal he had a Gallagher a custom shop Fender Strat Gallagher Rory Gallagher yeah and uh, 
so yeah, weird. Just walking like around. I saw him later in the day with a different guitar. He had a well. Telecaster. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I think he had a few that he was just bringing out from his car into. I just, you know, that, that was that blew my mind. Yeah, absolutely but, blew um, my mind. It, very weird. I remember. Um, the, the big show that I went to in Birmingham, I remember that was the first time I experienced like Zvex pedals and like some other brands that like I just never heard of because the internet wasn't the resource it is now for kind of loads of different pedals and loads of different stuff. So it's kind of like wandering around and like being like, oh, that's, that's amazing. Like loads of products you just you'd never seen before. Yeah. Um, and of course, things like, I don't know, Line 6 DL4 and all those sort of things weren't available then it was kind of like a a, a, a completely different market really yeah um so i mean we, gibson didn't we... have the range they have now and you know same with fender should we talk about some yeah, of the can, highlights can we talk about some of the highlights okay My joe God. joe you're clearly rearing to go so what well, was the what was the yeah, best but thing? also like you know what? well you know what do you want to tell do you want to give let everyone no 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 it's not i'm not not that i'm actually not because okay I'm, right okay. Uh, but joe joe saw something that he really that wants, really to, buy, buy, wants to buy and was given a good it's price incredibly on. rare maybe so we talk about announcing it, it maybe we talk about it next week yeah and, okay um, after i've paid for it yeah um uh, but there were loads that I, I watched it that you're right talking about uh it being there for for sort of public buyers i watched I watched five grand exchange hands in fifty pound notes. Yeah, on, on it was very much that sort of show. But it was, but yeah. some of the stuff that there was a real blackguard. There was, there was a fifty-two blackguard telly as yeah. you walked in the door, and that was amazing. And did you see they were selling the case? They had the case priced up for it separately as well. Did at, they? At Twelve thousand pounds. My God, that's unbelievable. Yeah, I it thought was, it was sold. That. No, not not. No, not that right. was something else. There was something oh. else near the start of it that was. Oh sold. right, okay. there was a real, there was a real fifty-eight, a real quarter of a million pound mm-hmm. fifty-eight. Really? I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It, it it didn't look very good. Some early sixty strats and stuff. Yeah, I actually preferred some of the earlier fifties Les Pauls because I saw like what I assumed was a fifty-eight, and then I saw like a fifty two gold top or a fifty-four gold top with Bigsby, and then a fifty-four custom, and I was like, those guitars to me. Yeah. Are way better. There yeah. was there was a uh, there was a couple of amazing looking juniors as well. Oh, well, so there was maybe juniors. four or five wicked double cuts. So many good juniors. I um I put them all up on the on our um our Facebook forum. You did on uh, what that's, is that that's, forum? that's Instagram fodder that you're Facebook. Uh, oh, yeah, Facebook dot com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Yeah, um, there's a there's a big kind of thing, um, big album up there of all the kind of more obscure stuff but maybe we should talk about some of the brands that we visited Matt in terms of like the just branded area rather than the kind of vintage stuff what did you mm. see what kind of um, caught your eye um, well I mean I'm going to talk about um, Honey Boy amplifiers of course you um, are because yeah because they were uh, to me I think that was just kind of one of the highlights I mean we heard a little bit of a demo when we walked past but they're just like totally eye catching um, so they were basically redesigned um fender champ or what was the other one so it was like a champ or a princeton, princeton basically yeah. five watts or no, 18 deluxe, watts wasn't it it was a pretty it was a, oh no it might have been a deluxe, it was a deluxe and although a deluxe is a 12 watts yeah i know but they were, deluxe is, they were both five watts i think no they weren't one was 18 watts yeah. and one was five watts oh, okay um so one, one was i one think was it was 18 one was five yeah deluxe champ had a, a deluxe and a princeton i think is what we right okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because deluxes were more than five watts. I checked his website afterwards. Okay, I can fine, guarantee you. Fine. <laughs> it was a champ. Okay. Because uh, um, it was a 5E3 circuit. Um, 
So yeah, honey. So there was a, a five water and an eighteen water, one ten, one twelve, all hand built in Glasgow. Yep. Um, but he doesn't use any standard Tolexes, so it's all like fake crocodile skin, fake snake skin, um, kind of like odd Tolexes you wouldn't normally see. Uh, and yeah, they did one in pink, pink crocodile, which I thought was amazing. Oh, the um, the one that was on the floor, which was the like surf green deep crocodile. Um, yeah. So like it was like a particularly pronounced covering. Um, you know, like the grooves in it were were pretty deep. Um, that looked absolutely amazing. Yeah, and he, the nice thing I liked is that he had a chassis of one like built open so you could see inside it yeah um and yeah it was just amazing it just was, the, that was some of the cleanest wiring i've ever seen i think yeah yeah like just totally point to point really nice and then the mind-blowing thing was the price oh man um 695 for the uh I the c- five water i can't believe that they were 695 I know. did you go and see them in the end oh uh, yeah yeah i did i had a brief walk past they yeah, were so good for that money you know if you're looking at i mean that's blue junior's not far off that kind of money is it now no 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 no, no. Um, i mean they're creeping up to five yeah and this is hand built in scotland yeah like proper point-to-point wiring super clean with custom options seems like a oh, bit of a bargain had, it was like i think this so, is yeah. too yeah. cheap yeah i think so it, i mean that, and I was speaking to uh, I was speaking to to them. Um, Andy was the guy's name. Andy and his wife, I think. Yeah. Was the and it was, uh, Sarah, I think her name was. Um, I was talking to her, and she said that you know if you go on the website, I've no chance to do it today. But if you go on the website, you can you know they've got all of the options there, and you can custom build your own one. And then um, did did you hear the turnaround as well? No. Three weeks. Really? <laughs> three weeks. Oh yeah, just get a hand built Princeton in three weeks. Because I was like. I, I was just oh wow yeah this is all yeah so what was the turnaround she was like I mean it's oh, you know you're looking at about three and I was like oh that's not too bad weeks oh, what yeah <laughs> what yeah, in some places that would three be three years would be reasonable like yeah. I'd be happy three with months three absolutely months. but for, quite happy as well from some custom builders three years would be you'd be like oh yeah it's a nice amp I'm waiting for it three years oh okay yeah yeah it's a long time but. Yeah, bonkers. I thought they were, for me, the most kind of... Um, it was a brand I'd not heard before, and that was the most kind of eye-catching thing. What were they called again? Honey, Honey Boy. Boy. Honey Boy. Yeah, so really nice. Out, everyone. Really nice. And the offcuts, um, Sarah, I believe... I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was Sarah. Um, turns them into, like, little Christmas gifts yeah. and stuff. And, so she uh, turned, like, sword, she turned like um, the sawdust and stuff, compressed it into, like, candle holders. Oh, that's wicked. And, uh, yeah. they, she was like, I yeah, we're, we're really trying to, like get down get the waste down right uh like lower the carbon footprint and stuff and they just seem like a, a really not, i get the impression that like they've not been doing this for very long and they're like it could take they're off, sort of it? well they're just sort of like cutting their teeth a little bit yeah and i i like you say those amps are whatever way you look at it those amps are too cheap yeah like there's yeah. no way that um that he's making them uh, like that he's making enough money on it no. to to do it right now and so I would say that it's definitely worth having a look on the website get, and maybe get like in early yeah because it's it, I don't think that they could carry on charging that little but money for it. not them. too many I if you do it other, not too many if you do it otherwise the waiting time is going to go through the roof well yeah. I mean you know you might be looking at four weeks well that's if true you, you uh, never if know. you're not careful never know I was um 
on their website now actually you can pick the color of the pilot light all the knobs uh <laughs> all the there's four different speakers uh eight different tolexes different handles different corners different grill cloths uh and no upcharge on on any oh, of it that's amazing no upcharge for left-handed there's no upcharge <laughs> yeah, for no. they just turn the handle around oh yeah, wow yeah. <laughs> simple and, um, simple um, yeah, I think the I was just having I was just actually double checking. So the eighteen water is actually based on the tweed, not the Princeton, and the five water is the tweed, the Princeton, not the tweed. Yes, um, but they're bigger speakers than what would they would have been originally. Originally, but they all feature like proper valves and Jensen speakers as well. Wasn't so I mean, it, the Jensen speaker great. alone's got to be over a hundred quid. Wasn't it tens and twelves? Is that right? Tens and twelves. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I think the original Princetons would have had eights in them. I think it would yes. have been a, probably an eight, but an eight would have been too. But I think would be too boxy. He also makes his own amp clamp mic holder. Yeah, they had that um, on display as well. Yeah, which I thought was quite cool for an SM57 or something like that, so you can mic it up for a gig. That's great. Um, oh, that's so. I, great. I want one. I kind of I really yeah, want one. I think for that money, why wouldn't you get one? Oh, can I segue out of this okay. one onto the next one? Because speaking of affordable custom shops that don't upcharge for left-handed that are actively trying to reduce their carbon footprint. Go on. Gordon Smith were also there. They were. That was it, that was a ridiculous amount of things it that married Gordon, up. It wasn't Gordon Smith themselves, was it? There was it a was, shop selling Gordon Smiths. No, uh, you're wrong. It was Auden, who are the company that have oh, bought Gordon they? Smith. So oh, really? Those, yeah. Oh, I should have gone to say hello. I, I did and went and spoke to them. And uh, the guy who you spoke to was not there, but uh, they were aware of it to oh, okay. an extent. Cool. So, uh, so, yeah, it was. they had some... Did you guys see the Gordon Smith stand? Yeah. Yeah, the guitars they had the the little I've I've got some pictures up to show the guys listeners, but uh, the, and these are also on the Facebook group. But there was like a double cut um, mahogany, their Les Paul Junior GS One. That yeah. is, they had their um, their TV yellow single uh, cut. single cut. Yeah, um, and they had a, a, a white one as well, and some other bits. But yeah, it, it, it was great to actually see them. So they're they're doing satin finishes on everything yep. now, although they Which do is also kind do. of what they've always done, I think. Um, oh, really? The only yeah. ones I've ever seen, because a couple of friends owned them, were, were gloss finished. Right? No, um, no. The, the only ones I've ever played have been satin, satin finished. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought these they looked absolutely incredible, they and look- I can't believe like that the the double cut um, Les Paul Junior style one uh, GS one uh, is um, is five nine nine. Yeah. <laughs> Handbuilt British, um, yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff going on. It, this whole show kind of opened my eyes to like what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a mix of great boutique stuff that was either affordable or if it was expensive, it was absolutely worth every yeah. penny. And yeah. loads of really brilliant um, old stuff that there was just it. It was it was a real sort of cream of the crop sort of um, event. Yeah, definitely. Jay, do you want to um, talk about a uh, a something you saw that kind of stood out to you yeah so i think for me um what really surprised me um was uh echo line pedals mm-hmm. um which we turns out we sort of have we sort of got Mu- a couple of mutual, mutual friends, friends with the uh with the with the chap who uh, uh andy 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 yep andy uh with andy from echo line pedals um so they were a company who we hadn't had 
not uh, encountered before but I went on their Facebook page today and I've got a, a, a bunch of my friends like the page and you know it's people who know about their stuff dear people yes so um, yeah Echo Line Pedals company based in Kingston uh, which is a place that we've got a bit of an affinity for um, and was just down the road from the show which was really nice um, they had just released three new pedals uh, well their first three pedals um, the what was the name of the Roadrunner the Roadrunner which was uh, a really really lovely overdrive uh, kind of he called it like a clean boost slash low gain drive pedal it was exactly that yeah and uh, I thought that was I thought that sounded absolutely phenomenal. That's my favourite thing that we heard at the show. Yeah, um, I, I, really I, nice. I thought it was absolutely incredible. So there was that, and then there was two fuzzes. There was a silicon fuzz and a germanium fuzz. So with the um, neither of them actually built as fuzzes. Um, they were the germanium one was his mid kind of overdrive. And yeah. then the silicon one he was talking about as a distortion. Oh, really? I thought they were yeah. they were listed as no, fuzzies. It's, no. it's yeah, Roadrunner Overdrive, Germanium Drive, and Silicon Drive. Oh, okay, right, okay. But I think with the Silicon Drive, I mean, we tried out, we tried the Roadrunner the most. Um, yeah. But the Silicon usually, um, if I remember rightly, gives you more gain, and Germanium always gives you slightly less gain. Yeah. Which yeah. is why you've got old fuzz faces. But Germanium tends to clean up on the volume control slightly better. So if you want kind of like real like rock lead tones then the silicon one's going to be best for that and then the roadrunner just worked well just to kind of make everything just sound a bit nicer but with just a bit of edge to it yeah um, the, the roadrunner was cool because it was the only one that had any sort of switching options on it because it also had some diode clipping in the, there as well yeah, didn't it did it? yeah you could you could clip uh asymmetrical or symmetrical yeah. which i have absolutely no idea what that means um, probably best not to mention it then well you yeah. know but um it, i'm when we flicked it up onto the asymmetrical diode clipping, I thought that sounded incredible. I just thought that was such a such a great pedal. Yeah, really such nice. a great pedal. And again, um, British made, homemade, um, really chunky, solid boxes. Yeah, not huge. No, but no, no. Bigger like, than definitely not like they're not like Pete Cornish style. No, but they no. were probably like the same sort of size as like uh, Karl Martin pedals. Like yeah. remember the old the hot drive and boost um, that sort of size although they weren't uh, hardwired which is always always nice. for the best yeah um, really nice but again he mentioned in the video you know he's gone a long way to selecting the best components yeah. and um, and you know they're making them in a little workshop in Kingston which is super cool um, Joe you've got, you got another brand that you want to share oh we well saw. yeah um, Yellow Rock Amps were another one we Did saw these guys out no we, they were in a corridor and yeah we just, we were, they were on we the were, second floor weren't they the second floor was a little bit tucked away it was very busy yeah um, Jay and I and well me Jay and Matt were uh, we saw them but we walked straight past right. but you spent a bit of time on yeah, the yeah. Stand, I went you? and had a chat with the fellas there this, it's a really interesting concept because they are again sort of quite a cool like custom amp um builder very very new their site is still mostly under construction but um they custom in that you can choose tolexes and things like that but they they make two size amplifiers they are solid state i thought they were oh okay that explains yeah. why they were so small and wide they well they yeah they are they're not that tall but they are designed to look a little bit valvey i mean yeah. they still have like some yeah. um, they, they still have like a, a mesh on the front of the head and everything um but yeah they are solid state um using their apem power amp which the is 
the APAM, yes, yes, which uh, which did, they said what it stands for, analog pentode emulation. Okay. Um, and uh, and yeah, they are they are. Surely that's just ape. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Obviously, they okay. ape paramp. Uh, but yeah, they and it's um, they're still valve preamp and everything. They are the the heads run between. You can either run them at eight watts or thirty six watts. So eight watts solid state. But they say it's the same as like their solid state is so efficient that it's the same as valve yeah, I mean, that's the thing yeah but it usually be the other way around slightly different isn't it you would think that you know an 8 watt valve amp would be like a 30 watt solid yeah, yeah. So, it's that's, so it's weird a, it's, to do it's, a low it's powered it's effective wattage to volume from a solid state that's what yeah, it's saying yeah I guess yeah hmm interesting but, but yeah that's that's uh, that's what they're saying and, okay. and they certainly did yeah they, they sounded mega like super like tons of headroom tons of like fender clean but really really thought they were great price point was just under 1300 quid for the head okay so they're not cheap no and for a sort of solid power ramp thing that I really thought like that's You've got to be very, very confident that you are breaking boundaries yes. if, to, to sort of go for a, a solid state power amp product. But I thought they were great and you can get them in loads of cool colours and they look great. Um, and the fellas that run the company are really nice. So. One last brand I wanted to talk about before we move on. Um, oh, but there are so many still I know there are, go. I know, but there's so much news this week as well. We've got oh, a lot yeah. to fit fair in. Enough, so, fair um, the other company I wanted to talk about was Joyo. Oh, mate. Oh, I, yeah. I tell yeah. you what, I am, I'm always happy to be proven wrong I'm always happy to hold my hands up and say you know what I made a mistake I mean that's why you're a Spurs fan right well yeah fair enough fair enough but I think I think we all came away from the joy I stand really impressed yeah I mean yeah. I had I, I had, didn't know they made so much stuff well, I just didn't know they made so much stuff really. not only that I mean I, I had a, I had a chat with uh, with with um, with the main guy whose name again I've, I, we spoke to so many people yesterday loads of people were called Alex as well so he may have been called Alex or Andy but we so um, I was speaking to the, the, the guy in charge of the the guy who's the distributor and um, I just was very upfront with him and I, so the industry that Mark and I are in you get a lot of people who just um, you get a lot of companies who are just buying stuff from China and then sticking it on YouTube and they're doing that on YouTube with, uh, on YouTube on Amazon <laughs> sorry on Amazon and they're doing that with so much stuff and they're just hoping that some of it sells sometimes and, I think this podcast is just bought from China and put on yeah. YouTube <laughs> but that's kind of the <laughs> that's kind of what generator. I thought um, yeah that's kind of what I thought was going on with Joyo I thought it was just someone had found these pedals in China and they were cheap and they were just buying them, sticking them on, on Amazon and hoping that they sold. And because they were cheap, they were selling. But that actually isn't the case at all. Um, there is someone behind the brand and he's working really closely with the factory. And like he showed us, um, he showed us the, uh, the, the one of the amps that, they're, um, that they were going to be releasing, but he's like, it isn't the right time and they need to change some stuff and they're getting some proper direction from about like what needs to happen yeah um and well, he think- just gave us a, like th- those new mini pedals that they, they've got a bunch of new mini pedals the iron man series that have got a little they've got a little hat so a you don't mask. knock the controls yeah but I mean, that's why they're called iron man because the little ah, mask slips very, down over the front very clever very yeah. clever but yeah i i was I was really, really impressed with Joyo. I thought there was some there was some cool stuff there. Um, the people that work for them are were super lovely, 
really really cool really like keen to talk to us definitely into the stuff as well like normally yeah. when you get these kind of brands that are bringing stuff in from china a lot of the time they'll just use like a sales agent basically so someone who their job is an intermediary between the factory yeah. and a retailer to go look got these they're really cheap they're quite good do you want to buy a load of them um you know we're not really there's no marketing you know there's not really a brand it's yeah. just here's some stuff that you can sell cheap to someone who wants a 20 quid phaser yeah. or whatever which that was the complete opposite of what joy joyo seemed to be all about you know the three guys well, that we met were all really into the tech and yeah. the music in general so go I mean, on, the, um, the guy that i spoke to um that i i spoke to him after i interviewed him for a bit the ultimate overdrive Lewis, which I is think, the yeah. yeah which is the the green one with the pitbull on the front um, has been appearing on loads of pedal boards. I think it's just called the Ultimate Overdrive. They've actually been making that for eight years. Yeah. I think the brand itself has only really gained a lot more traction in the last few because it's just people have been buying it because it's been cheap and then it's starting to appear on a few more pedal boards. Um, I, um, but yeah, some, I... of the, some of the stuff they've, they're coming out with is... I think ultimately... I mean, they obviously had all those Iron Man pedals and the normal size, and they have like the Doctor J size, which is that kind of like in between one. Um, I suppose ultimately, not everything's going to be amazing. Kind of like when Mua first came out, it's like I had all these pedals, and there were a couple of like real hidden gems, but those hidden gems were like way better than anything, like ten times the price. Yeah, yeah, and when we were talking to them, because we were talking, you know, we're still kind of on the hunt for stuff for, for Gear of the Year. Um, when we were talking to them, we said, look it's going to be crowded on drives this year there's a lot of drives and they said well don't worry because you know we do a load of drives but actually where where joyo kind of shines are the the other things as well so they do like a really good uh, they do a pedal that kind of copies the reverb side of a space echo which i think is really? called the space verb okay um, and he said that. yeah that's just come out so oh, that's wow. definitely worth okay. um considering um and there was another one as well which i think was like a trim or something um that Again, all the guys on the stand were really raving about. So, looking forward to hearing those. They did switching and systems for a hundred quid. Yeah. Again, you know, they do some real, uh, like, comp complex. Yeah. Um, yeah. Switching systems. And there's new little no amps as well. Like, yeah, hundred and fifty nine quid or hundred and forty nine quid. I think for they were a valve preamp, um, solid state output with Bluetooth. Yeah. Head. Yeah. Can you remember how much? Um, so, what the output was, Matty? But they. 15 I think they watts? were five. I think they were five watts. Yeah. I think. Yeah, they um they look super neat. We didn't get a chance to hear them, but yeah, being able to play Bluetooth into one of those little heads, um, I was just really I, useful. I really really was so impressed by the whole the whole thing. Uh, and they're one of those companies that every now and again people are like, why don't you talk about Joyo? And it's I think people sometimes think that we don't talk about them because it's like they're cheap and we don't think it's interesting. But well, that, I think that kind of was I mean maybe to, that's the case. Yeah. maybe to, maybe to a certain degree but like you know we talk about other cheap stuff yeah, but I think, I think it was just it's a, just stuff that crosses our path and I think we never looked at this because they're cheap and you know it's a Chinese brand and yeah. didn't think there was really anyone behind it but actually now I'm way more confident that they're probably producing some quite good well, stuff absolutely yeah. one, one of the other things is that like we don't really like we don't really like recommending stuff that we don't sort of have faith in I yeah. guess is, is one thing and one of the other things that I found out is that they are they had, they've had quite a lot of trouble with um, like people from outside of the UK and outside of Europe 
selling into the UK and Europe on like Amazon and eBay and not offering any warranties because yeah. they're just like they're like well whatever you've got it now yeah. but they've like which is always a problem with you know absolutely things that are coming in from China and, but they've they're like really working to get that under control and they're really trying to like offer like wicked customer service and yeah. customer experience I was honestly so impressed by the whole thing as a person with a very deep voice I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Thing. I could have spent I could have spent another couple of hours there just looking through and talking to them definitely um, so yeah really 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 cool and I, I, I hope we get to spend a bit more time looking at Joyo one last thing um, to uh, to talk about before we, we leave the South of England guitar show Joe you look like you've been well no I'm just there. there's so much there are so many things we haven't spoken about I feel we could do we could make a list of them and do a podcast giving an overview on all these great things okay. but a couple of other things worth a mention Cornell um, Amplification yep. they were there uh, Lazy J um, very loud yeah obviously very loud. Lazy J probably the most famous I, um, boutique brand I guess I enjoyed meeting Matt from uh, Monty's uh, guitars oh, slash pickups course. yeah because Monty uh, Monty's pickups are, are quite um, uh, they, they're quite involved in Lazy J aren't they they're no sh- Audio Kitchen they're involved with oh is it oh, right. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. they're on a stand together we might have some cool content coming up with them maybe next year we he suggested something quite cool so there might be something yeah, we, told, awesome we told we told we told Matt from Monty's pickups that uh, it's his pickups that are in all our uh, pedal of the week demos and he couldn't believe he it he loved it he, he was loved like it. oh my god that's amazing thanks guys yeah, it's, but it's not true though right no 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 of course not no 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 they're bare knuckle the mules yeah yeah um, yeah we've got some secret hashtag content um, coming up for uh, from from that so we've not oh, even told you great. yet no Joe no Branton. I don't know it's going to be interesting oh, I'm just hoping yeah. oh we oh, could right. just oh, not God. don't you have to do it at my house no 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 no. Right. this is uh, something at their factory oh, right. or at their okay. workshop um, no no just bring them to my house okay yeah fine yeah. fine good um, so yeah some cool stuff there um, but yeah loads more we could talk about yeah, there. very quickly Cornell Cornell amps go and check them out they're like totally custom plexi style uh, amps which is exactly what Lazy J are. Lazy J do a 310 combo, which is really unique and interesting. Yep. So definitely go and check that out. And Stone Wolf guitars, if you want something completely mental. I saw those. The part plexi, part wood. Wood. But it's guitar. like, um, what do they call? They call it live edge, don't they? Yeah. Those kind of like, you know, see those tables where they've got like a weird kind of shorn off bit on the end. It's weird. It's they like a pool of wood inside a sort of jagged pool of wood inside a plexiglass yeah. outer rim. Very, uh, very weird very indeed. Um, shall we move on to some news? Nude. Um, we actually, one thing that we didn't mention before we do move on to the news. Matt, you've managed to track down a black Boss DS1. 
Yeah, um, I didn't really mention it in any of the other podcasts or anything we did because I didn't. I, I mean, I've known for a little while, but I wasn't sure how open the news was. But yes, uh, Guitar Center have got an, a limited black DS1 uh, as part of the run-up to the 40th anniversary of Compact Pedals and part of a Black Friday deal. So 3,000, so it's the first time that Boss have ever done a limited pedal. Because, I mean, you know, we've sold, well, hundreds of thousands, well... 10 million no 15 million compacts since 1977 so it's not like we usually do things in limited numbers but yeah this is 3000 guitar center only um and yeah it's going to be cool i'm definitely going to try and get one i can't even buy one despite where i work um, i have to actually order one for bonkers. america what color is the writing is it orange yeah so it looks exactly uh, like a metal zone yeah, it's no, gold. it's gold writing. Oh, is it? Blank. Okay, it looked like yeah. orange in the photo. Oh, oh well, and interesting. I think the, if I remember rightly, the screw is like vintage silver screw as well. Okay, okay. Well, uh, yeah. I hope you get one. As the uh, the biggest boss collector I know, I hope you've managed to find a way to get you one. Know, unfortunately, I found I found someone who's a bigger collector than me. But yeah, he's okay. uh, he's got way more stuff. In fact, I should probably talk about him on some podcast because his collection of merchandise is unbelievable why don't we talk to him we could do that we could do a Patreon yeah, we, um, special in fact uh, yeah he's uh, he's based in Australia but we are going to I've already mentioned it to him and we are going to do something so. cool uh, Matt do you know if Boss are going to be taking any of the any of their other pedals putting them in paint pressing invert colours and then <laughs> producing those as well because I'd be are really you... keen to see the inverted colour RE20 <laughs> what black and green instead of green and black yeah I think that'd be really interesting yeah um, into it no but uh, I, I really want to try and get some like custom boxes done so I really want to get like some DS1s and get them stripped and then get them painted and stuff like that just for some uh, cool show off pieces so if you want to paint a pedal maybe that's what we should do we should all take a boss pedal when we'll all paint it see who's the best put I mean, it to a vote I mean okay <laughs> that sounds awful <laughs> Talking of things that are awful, let's move on to the news. Nude. Good. Um, so first up, the big news this week. Um, 13 new TC electronic pedals. Thur flipping team. How I, many is that in dozens? 1.1. Um, I uh, really like when... Uh, no, not a 12. Anyway, I... Uh, Baker's dozen. Baker's baker's dozen i see where you're going um i like when foot in football when loads of when loads of goals are scored and to make sure that you don't think it's a typo they put the word so like if a team has won like seven nil they'll put the number seven and then in brackets seven and then nil and I kind of feel like that's what I noticed that you did that on this website I did yeah put put the story up about this that there's 13 13, 13 new in pedals. So, um, 13 new pedals from TC Electronic. Um, they are, they're all um, slightly bigger than their normal pedals, are they? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I haven't know. seen I them in situ. Really work it out from the photo. Yeah. I, I think it's probably, I think it's just a simpler shape. So it's this, I, I think it's going to be roughly the same, yeah. but, but just sharper yeah. edges. I think they look No, they're stubbier. rolled edges. Oh, are they? Yeah, they make a big, they sort of oh, make right. a bit of a song and dance with the fact yeah. that they're, 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 they're rolled edges it's, oh, okay. but it's probably because the normal ones are 
like a molded thicker metal and this is bent sheet metal yeah right. yeah. yeah yeah definitely which helps obviously keep the cost down because it's one piece that you just bend the corners of and then they can just slot a base plate into well, it well talking about keeping the cost down these are all 49 dollars yeah um, on 49 quid or 49 as well. Well, pounds probably about 80 90 quid yeah well, well, yeah. So, well yeah. That, I mean they've, they've said that they it was on the TC website uh, on the TC Facebook page sorry oh yeah be careful of the wall um, it's on the um, the TC uh, Facebook page they said that they were going to be uh, $49 or £49 okay. depending on your territory oh, cool. um, so that's well because in America they're exclusive to Guitar Centre are they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, which is weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so does that mean they're going to be exclusive to Amazon over here? Is that what? Uh... No, no, they're available in all retailers across Europe, and then just Guitar Center in, in and the just States. Guitar Center in America. Right. There we go. Uh, so what I think we should do is yeah. let's do a little rundown. Jay, you've okay. heard them. I've heard them. Matt, yeah. have you listened to them all? I have listened to most of Joe them. Joe Brands, have you listened to any of them? Yeah, I, I listened <laughs> to some. Um, I started and then I was sick because they were all so rubbish. And then uh, <laughs> after I'd cleaned up my vomit, I decided not to watch any more. You are mistaken. <laughs> You're such a troll, so, like a real life troll. Jay, Jay let's yeah. go down the. Uh, let's no, uh, let's do the that. rundown. Okay, the so. Down. Let's have fun with the pun down. So, one of the things that, that, that you. The, is quite exciting about the uh, the sort of modulation pedals, or well, not all of them, but the analog modulation pedals. They they all, they're all using Bucket Brigade chips. They are, which is you know, I mean, that's what's in a DM2, right, Matty? Well, I th- I think really when I because when I thought about this more, they sort of all have to use Bucket Brigade chips because that is what makes that pedal work. So well, yeah, it's more I mean, of that's... a clever marketing term than anything. But yes, they are all anal- they are analog. But Bucket Brigade technology is what makes those. Well, it's, it's a specific because I did a bit of reading on it, and it's not something that I know that I knew a huge amount of. But from what I read, they were invented in 1968, I think it was. Um, maybe we should do like a Bucket Brigade special. Well, not like a Bucket Brigade <laughs> special, but maybe like a, a five minute the history, history or something. Of the effect. Um, yeah. But they the, the the chip was invented specifically to like for like this sort of purpose as like a relay unit, um, and it's just the so it's the chip is in uh, the delay the uh, so it's, there's the echo brain delay the afterglow chorus the thunderstorm flanger uh, and the tailspin vibrato I think is the yeah, yeah those because, are the four. Um, the basically what bucket brigade does is it is like it's it's basically a tiny chip that's effectively that is a delay yeah and then depending on how you work the delay is obviously the way you get you get different different sounds out of it because they're all chorus flanger phaser and vibrato vibrato, those sort of things are all based off a well not vibrato sorry but are based off like um a different type of delay basically yeah yeah but they they sound really good um from obviously it's only we've only seen um the demo videos that tc electronic put up but i was i was very impressed um the echo brain analog delay i i think sounds really cool um that you can get that real nice uh that thing that all analog delays do (laughs) Yeah, yeah i'd be really interested to hear that up against a carbon copy um, just to see how it stands up because I think that's probably the most likely competitor um, for something like that. Um, I'm going to go to Joe Branton for an opposing view on these what? these oh. bits. 
just in general yeah yeah I thought just we were going through each pedal well yeah okay let's do that let's go through so, well, so, so, yeah, so there's that there's that what, there's what, what I was going to say is before you skip past them um, oh. I thought that actually that they all sounded like 50 quid pedals um, yeah. some of them I think were not particularly hot particularly on the modulation side of things but the vibrato was very good but See, you've got to remember one of the best vibratos out there is still the same company owned the the Behringer um, Ultra Vibrato yeah. which is yeah, yeah which is a, which cost £15 it is one of the best sounding until Boss brought out the VB2W there was not much out there mm-hmm. that would do extreme vibrato and yeah I agree this TC Vibrato sounded if you it sounded like you could take it quite far. Yeah, I mean, I I really like the chorus. Mark and I had a conversation over text message about it, and you were less into that. I um, thought it sounded very thin. I don't know. I mean, I thought I thought it sounded all right. I mean, because um, I, I was going to say before, I will. There's they've just put up another video okay. this afternoon, which I don't know if you've watched, but I just no. watched it before we started. But it's relating to one of the other pedals. So when we get to it, I'll talk about it. But yeah, it's about the the sound quality on one of them because okay. I think. As I said earlier with, say, for example, Moore or Joyo, I think there's going to be some really good ones that are going to be really good. And then I think some of them are going to be yeah, really terrible. So, Jake, continue um, on down the list past the okay. modulations. Okay, so then there was also the flanger. Um, so moving past there, you moving out of the um, uh, the Bucket Brigade pedals, there's the blue, the Blood Moon Phaser, um, which I thought sounded... I thought it sounded really cool. Um, that was... That was a very, very nice one. Um, there was a couple... So the Rush Analog Booster, I've got... the. For me, the jury is most certainly out because what they were like, oh, here, check out our 20 dB clean boost pedal. And the video just has it on all the time. They don't... They don't, they don't, you- turn, they don't give you the context. They don't turn it off and then turn it on again. <laughs> so it's like... Well, how do like? What's the point of reference? Well, absolutely. And the thing is, is TC specifically, I think, have got form here because they have already brought out one pedal that they claimed was a clean boost, and the Spark Booster is anything but a clean boost. It's yeah. a, it's a really cool transparent overdrive, and I assume that's probably what this is going to sound like as well. But I really don't think it was a a clean boost. And if it is a clean boost, then why didn't you bloody? switch between the two yeah, so, we so can that we can hear tell. it so that one I'm you know I'll keep an open mind but we'll see we'll see what happens with that um, there was the Cinder's analog overdrive which for me is the other one that sounded very good I don't, yeah. know, don't know about you Matty but those that that one and the vibrato were the two that jumped out yeah, at me I, I think um, out of the drives before Jay mentions I think the the Cinder's was the, the better sounding yeah. of well, the ones I've got I think some of the other ones sounded yeah I mean, not so good. It, there's there's also the fact that it's not really to our taste. You know, when you think back to the three original drives that TC did in the Mojo Mojo, the uh, Dark Matter and the Rottweiler, you know, again, they did a sort of gain, gainier, gainiest. And the Cinders for me is similar to the Mojo Mojo, just the nicest sounding. Yeah. I think the uh, there was the Grand Magus distortion, which I wasn't really into it just sort of it's kind of like an amp in a box but just I don't know I just feel like there's a lot go there's a lot out there that will do similar sort of thing and then the fangs I to be honest I thought sounded 
utterly dreadful. That was the kind of metal. Which, but one, again, right? it's like I, I, I'm not into that sound, so it's not. It's, it's just such a hard thing to do. Yeah, it, it really yeah. is. It really is. I mean, one thing that I thought was quite good is you've got. Um, well, I, I say it was quite good, and I, I thought about it after I wrote it. You've got um, a treble and bass control. So you've got four. You've got four knobs on it. There's gain, volume, treble, and bass. And then in order to control the mids. Um, there was three positions for the mid control, which was basically um, like a sort of f- like flat mid, uh, boosted mid, and a like extreme V uh, cut mid. And you know, I just sort of think that if you want to offer people the option to like control the mids like that, stick another knob on it like stick another control on yeah, there so yeah, yeah. that people can actually have a three band EQ if you're if you're acknowledging the fact that a three band EQ is kind of important for that sort of distortion which I entirely agree is I just offer that functionality yeah yeah and I, I just think that that's suffered a little bit from that but again it's not really my yeah I'm not really into that sort of sound anyway so mm. you know that's that um there was the rusty fuzz, which again is not really my area of expertise. I'm not a huge fan of fuzz in general. It was it was it was okay. It's a wasn't 50, it? It was, fifty quid fuzz. I think yeah. that and the metal pedals, uh, you know, the more g- yeah. high gain ones. That's so difficult to do. Yeah. And for fifty quid, I think you were always going to struggle. We've seen pedals that I think have done it very well this year. Things like the golden brownie, yep. um, which I think was phenomenal. Um, but yeah, fifty quid is such a hard price point for drives. The, the golden brownie was actually sixty pounds. Think, oh yeah, yeah, it's like fifty or sixty quid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, Some, someone at the show had one of those on their pedal boards. I think it might have been Matt from uh, Monty's. Yeah, I think had a golden brownie on. His, yeah, fantastic his pedal, and but that price point is so difficult. So you know, I think with these TC the drives. I think you need to be the most. Personally, I was the most critical of the yeah. Cinder. Sounded great. I thought the Cinder sounded Didn't really good. Really like anything else. No, um, again, similar to the Rush um, uh, Boost, the Force Field Analog Compressor. Again, they didn't turn it off. So yeah, you, it was difficult. Yeah, difficult I, to get. You could see what they were going for with it, and I'm sure it is actually a perfectly functional compressor. Yeah, it's just, absolutely. It's just a simple analog compressor, and so it wasn't. You know, again, I mean, uh, TC have got pretty good form with um, compressors. You know, the um, Hypergravity yeah. that they released last year, that was cool. Yeah, that it was, was multi-bands of a very sort of different sort of style. But, sure, but, but like, do, you know, I, they, I, I they think, know what they're talking about. Yeah, I think the compressor's got a good chance of being pretty good. Um, the Sky Surfer Reverb... I can't think where they... Gonna, where they yeah. get, where they came up with the name Sky? I think I thought that was pretty good. Um, that was one of the better well, ones for me. If I don't know if you've seen the video that they released today, and it's like one of their hundred percent tone, zero percent talking videos. As soon as they turned it on and then dial the reverb in, all the bottom end just drops out. Really, oh, really? Yeah, it sounds so thin. I was like, I was a bit like wow I'm surprised they actually like decided to put that audio in okay well um, yeah I don't think any of us have seen that video yet so no, it'd be worth checking yeah. that out so. so but one of the things that I noticed with both um, the Sky Surfer and the the Profit digital delay 
um, I thought they had a bit of a uh, a cool feature in the uh, in in the controls. So I'm just re rereading this to remember where it was. So they had um, the with the reverb control with the Sky Surfer. There's uh, a reverb knob, a reverb control, and a mix control. And the the reverb controls not the amount of reverb, reverb, but the length of re- of the reverb. Okay. And then the mix control um, acts as like an effect volume. Right. So rather than it switching between, as far as I could tell, rather than it switching between wet and dry, you were able to bring in the like you were able to turn up the volume of the reverb um, without it cutting the uh, the your dry signal. Which okay. I thought was quite a neat okay. touch. That yeah, makes because sense. a lot of the TC pedals have uh, analog dry through, so yeah. Um, so that's how they that's how they do that. And then it was the yeah, same so with rather than like a mix. Although to be to be fair, I mean that is isn't that sort of the same as the Electroharmonics Holy Grail Plus, which has got a blend yep. and then an amount. Yeah, similar. Yeah, similar, definitely. But yeah, yeah. And then again, it was the same with the Profit. Digital delay. I didn't mind um, the profit. I thought the profit sounded okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think for a digital delay, again, you know, it's a hard thing to do for fifty quid because they're quite power hungry, and you know, it's, to get clean repeats, I think is a bit more difficult. I mean, presumably they've just taken the. Um, I mean, you know, you just got to look at. They've done great with delays over the last yeah. five years or so. All they needed to do was take the um, algorithm that from the. Uh, flashback and stick that into another pedal like yeah. that's all they that's need what, that is what it is isn't it I, I mean I assume that's what it is yeah yes, I think absolutely. that's what he said in the video I thought they said it was uh, taking the delay digital delay algorithm from the flashback oh perfect I mean if that's, if that's what they've done <coughs> then quality yeah, yeah I, you th- know, I thought it sounded pretty good and I, I was really into it I thought yeah I thought that was cool um, so yeah that was that's that's all 13, yeah. 13 top, top mounted jacks as well oh yeah that's the I, other I thing like so that. so they are uh, they're all true bypass uh, which whatever is what it is is what it is um, and yeah they're all top mounted jacks which I thought was uh, yeah, very cool yeah it's kind of well designed for the busy pedal board which is great like that 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 is something that's sort of that makes 100% I mean it doesn't really make sense for pedals to have anything other than top mounted jacks no. these days because of the way pedal boards totally. work but um, so great that they're sort of building with that in mind it seems like thought's gone into it at that stage yeah. so, so um, yeah there's been a bit of controversy online about you know what they are and how they can do it for 50 quid and you know what the, what you're going to get for 50 quid I think our general advice is that you just got to play them well uh, yeah got to play them or you know listen to the videos if you can't get out and play them but also be aware that at 50 quid some of them are going to be good and some of them are going to be not so good um, and I think what we think the cinders and Jay you really like the chorus I like the chorus the vibrato and the two, and the two digital pedals the reverb and the yeah. delay I thought sounded quite cool I, I, was, I mean um, go on sorry I was, gonna, I was trying to think today I was trying to think what other brands have come out with like a cheaper version of their like already core product line because remember obviously Ibanez did Sound Tank yeah. Dan Electro. in the late 90s oh yeah um, the Fab range the Fab Dan Electro's the yeah the Dan Electro Fabs I'm sure MXR did like had a, a really failed like they were like plastic boxes at some point in the 80s okay um, in fact I remember reading an article about someone who had kind of 
decide to find similar things and it's one of those ones where these pedals could there could be like an absolute gem in there that ends up being worth tons of money in like 30 40 years time you never know you never know so um, what we're saying is just buy this entire range in case one of them becomes really rare um <laughs> yeah. let's let's do one more bit of news some more big news this week um strymon announced the riverside multi-stage drive wow matt and I, what did you make of this um i thought it was great actually i think it was really nice for them to kind of they've still not done a trem so when i first saw it and i didn't actually read the multi-stage drive i saw a new strymon pedal i was like ah oh, Maybe they're finally going to make a trem. And the I trem know that the trem in the Flint is amazing, but it would have been nice for them to do kind of like a standalone one. But it's nice to have a drive, and it's all digital, uh, which I think is quite nice. I think it's analog input, but the actual drive stage itself is DSP. Yep. Um, so effectively what you get is you get... Um, drive control that whenever you move any of the controls it internally tweaks some of the other controls so it's always dialed into like a sweet spot so it's difficult to kind of dial it i mean you know some pedals obviously that are completely analog you can turn the tone all the way down it can sound really muffled all the way up and it can sound super harsh this it won't sort of let you do that it will compensate other controls at the same time okay um so it means you know turning up the drive it might compensate the bass a little bit more or it might add a little bit more treble in so essentially um, what you're saying is you can't you can't make it sound bad you can't well not only that but like you can't deviate from a few from a number of pre-assigned well, algorithms I suppose in, in, in a way but it's only similar to what um, I mean I hate to bring up my yeah, company but it's yeah. only similar to what, what Boss do in multi-dimensional processing that's right the Boss, fact Boss that, did it on the bass compressor recently yeah. didn't they so what you're doing is you're analysing the signal and you're giving it the. you're not necessarily presetting it but you're you've programmed it to kind of know whereabouts is best you know rather than kind of going oh well if you're going to set it here we're going to automatically do that because it kind of like I'm assuming it sort of analyses the signal and kind of makes it sound slightly sweeter yeah. wherever you put it um you've got favorite on there which i thought was quite nice so you've physically got a preset as well as the on oh really controls. And um, you can also connect the little the switch can't switch. you as well can yeah you? and that gives you 6 db of clean boost as well yeah oh right so it doesn't give you another preset no exactly a... no oh it's, right um, it's actually doing an effect yeah and then you've got basically two gain modes and uh, two push modes which one is normal one is pushed mids um, and knowing Strymon, it's probably got another five controls under the hood as well yeah. because of all those pedals you can actually... Um, in fact, I think that's it. So it's got an inbuilt noise and you can adjust the overall boost level. Okay. As well. What, in the... Of uh, the actual the pedal under- or of the favourite switch? No, so um, all the Strymon pedals have like a secondary feature yeah, yeah, for a lot yeah, of yeah, the controls yeah, but, on the front. I mean, yeah, um, I know that. So but... boost, boost level basically sets up to 6 dB of clean boost when using the favourite pedal. So right. you can actually set the favourite pedal just to give you one decibel. Right, if okay, you yeah, that was, that was the question I was asking. Uh, okay, cool. And then noise reduction is um, basically like a... They, they call it a downward expander with advanced signal detection techniques. Uh, it's a noise gate I'm assuming of some sort this is, I suppose is the easiest way to put it um, a noise gate of any other name but yeah, yeah I, 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 it'd be interesting to hear because uh, I, on a slightly 
um, related subject. Recently, um, Meshuggah bought out a new album, and it's the first time in like 20 years they've used all real valve amps rather oh, really? than it being all digital. And I'm, I'm a fairly big fan, and you can tell the difference straight away. Really? There's like so much more air between the guitar sounds where the previous ones where it's obviously all digital that's part of their sound but it sounds so tight and it fills up such a huge frequency range where the guitar amps don't do that and um, it's it's actually really interesting to like hear the two side by side because you can completely tell one is a real amplifier and one isn't 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 that funny how like you know for as you say the last 20 years or so Meshuggah is it that long? I don't think it's Maybe yeah, they've been long. a band. They've been a band now since the late eighties. The late eighties, yeah. really? Yeah, really. Yeah, I think the first album came out in the early ni- in the early in the early nineties. I think oh, they've right. been they always for a long on eight, time. Eight strings. They no, they, they, no, they, no, they used seven strings for a long time, but they were one of the first bands to use eight strings. But yeah, I, ju- I just find it so funny how you know they they've been using um, you know uh, modelling amps uh, sort of unashamedly. Um, you know, pushing for modelling amps and making them acceptable, and uh, you know, fighting against the tide. And now we're basically at a point where modelling amps are not quite the norm, but like, you know, it's not unusual. You know, you can go to you go to a, a festival. Well, I mean, at the festival that we were ATG, there was yeah. a large number of modelling amps and stuff. And you go, and now I'm sugar, just like. Okay, cool. We've done that one. Should we go the other way now? Yeah. Well, yeah. and people like um, using um, Randall Satan's. Are they? Are they? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's, That's a cool sounding amp. Really good sounding amp. It's like uh, Pliny that we spoke to at Arctangent was doing the same thing. He was like, yeah, I've always just used modelling stuff and now I'm finally using a, a valve head. He said that w- when we spoke to him, he did, the first time he turned on a valve head was six weeks ago. First time ever? Yeah. First time we'd ever switched on a valve head was like six weeks ago. Christ. Yeah, I mean, I've been listening to Intervals um, quite a lot. There's like amazing, amazing band, amazing guitar player. And he said that his, he'd basically, until he'd got his Strandberg, he'd been playing the same Ibanez and an ME50 through headphones. That's that's how <laughs> he learned. That's rig. the only gear he'd ever had. But then in Australia, it's more, it is more was more difficult and it was more expensive I yeah. know when I went about eight years ago it was really expensive yeah um, so yeah I suppose it's it's not necessarily the gear it's the person playing it definitely which is a shame because I've got a lot of gear it would be about? nice if I was <laughs> yeah no hang on Matt, Matt you're, <laughs> no, no, you're, you're no, no, putting no. this podcast out of business talking like that how dare you <laughs> unbelievable anyway with that by the way we're um, we're at the end of the episode Ooh, um, holy moly a lot to talk about this week there was some news that we haven't even got time to there get was, around to yeah, we'll talk about it another time we'll talk about that next week I think um, in the Patreon episode this week I believe we're going to talk about Matt Knight's trip to Japan assuming the internet connection holds Japan. out yeah. and we can Japan. still we can still talk to him um, you saw a lot of cool guitars and uh, oh. a lot of cool stuff so lots to um, lots to talk about if you want to hear that head over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds uh, where from as little as five dollars a month you get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content every week and for ten dollars a month you become one of our executive producers like these people have 
Andy Joyce, Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Carlos Mancher, Andrew Marco, Mark Cross, J.D. Short, David Cowell, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfrey, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Phil Thompson, Laurie, Anstismoo, Gravit, Colin Anderson. Did you say Andrew Macro on there? I didn't hear you say that. Uh, d- did I skip one? I think you might have done. Did you, did you say Andrew... Macro. And did you oh, say it was worth it? Did you say Jack Conroy and Jack Godfrey, or did you combine the two? Which I think is almost certainly. Well, what no, I did. because no. Uh, only Jack Godfrey is free has survived. Oh, the, uh, okay. There's, there, uh, there is one spot open on the Patreon executive oh, backers list. Um, anyway, um, so you, if you want to join in the conversation, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Um, you will normally be able to see this podcast stream live every Monday from 8 p.m. over on youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. This week, if you're expecting to see that, I'm sorry, technical issues have let us down. Um, but yeah, from next week, hopefully we'll be doing that every week. You can also follow us on Twitter at uh, Guitar Nerds, on Instagram at Guitar Nerds. Do that, go to the Instagram page because all our photography from the South of England Guitar Show will be going up there over the next week or so. Um, you can also go to the website, guitarnerds.net, go over there, read the stuff that we're putting up, um, loads of news articles and things. Joe Branton is going to be writing some uh, some bits and pieces for there, I think. Oh yeah, you're getting the, um, this week you're getting the complete backlog of Brand of the Weeks is going up there. Yes. So if you want to In check written, out stuff about... Written format. Yeah. Okay, that sounds um, sounds good. Um, yeah, do all that stuff. Follow us individually at Mark underscore random, at Matt underscore Nazi, at J-A-Y-B-N-1, and at Joseph underscore 900. Bang around. Indeed. Um, thanks for that. We will see you next week. Au revoir. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks, uh- <laughs>